1: Welcome back to episode two of The Foundation by Story Archives. I am your host, Mario Busto, alongside Zachary, your other host. Welcome. Welcome back, ladies and gents. Zach, we're here with episode two titled Preparing to Live. Yeah, it's kind of an ironic title in my opinion. It does feel like the entire episode is one giant setup in a sense, and if you're if you're watching this show, I've spoken to some people who know about our Foundation series. You're excited about it and, and whatnot, and and then I had a couple who were like, you know, I couldn't really get into episode one. And I my what I implored them was, this is the type of show that it takes about one or two episodes to get going. And I honestly think at the end of episode two is the moment where you really get hooked in the show. Yeah, where all of a sudden who you think is the main character is now dead, you know? (laughs) Basically, yeah. You know, you have Harry Seldon who's like this, he tries to be like this messianic type character, right? In a way, or martyr. Yeah. He seems desperate to be a martyr. And um, now he's just dead. And you're wondering, okay, what do we do with this information now? Gail's just drifting off into space. And biggest cliffhanger so far in the series is... And kicks off like a a string of episodes where, you know, you end episode one with the whole tower falling down. And that's a huge event for a pilot. And now episode two, you've killed off maybe your second biggest name on the credit sheet. And you're sending your protagonist off into space when you thought everything was going well (laughs) and dandy on the ship, right? Yeah.
0: I think we've noticed that Apple, uh, you know, seems to like killing off their... They're top-tier actors a lot. Oh, yes. Yeah. Opening so if, up the space for the younger people.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're keeping up with our silo series that we're doing, with no spoilers there because maybe you found us through, through typing in Foundation as you're preparing for season two of Foundation. But no doubt, um, these, this last string of shows, sci-fi shows from Apple, they keep it real, they keep it grounded in a lot of ways. Um, I picked up on a lot of little details that I I felt the writers are are doing like some juxtaposition between certain characters Mm. on the foundation that I've never even considered before. One of the key ones, I think, is, you know, you have obviously the Galactic Empire, right? Yeah. And you have the story of three brothers, but really it's the same person in Emperor Dawn, Day, and Dusk. Dusk is the oldest one. And in this episode, he's having sort of this, he's declining in health in a way. And he's having- a, a. pretty much like um, an identity crisis in a way of of what's going to happen, his legacy, all sorts of things going on. But I never saw it through the lens of the way things are playing in the episode that it completely parallels what's going on on the ship. Where you also have like Emperor Dusk on the ship would be Harry Seldon. And he's Mm -hmm. looking through and he's having issues with the fact that people are calling him Harry now instead of Dr. Seldon. You know, it's almost like an emperor who's no longer emperor. And so he's being treated very personally, right? Yeah. Um. You also have, you know, where Gail and Rache maybe are like Emperor uh, Day. You know, they're living the day. Harry's jealous of them. He's jealous of their youth. He's jealous of of the love and the relationship they have. Right. That's mm-hmm. kind of like what what he wants to stifle their relationship in a way. To for whatever reason he grew, you know, he raised Rache pretty much, and he's jealous for whatever parental reason that is. And then you have. Just that whole, that whole thing I had never noticed before, really. Yeah,
0: it's interesting that you point that out. I don't think that's something that I had, I had picked up on as well. I mean, I, I noticed the, the clear like decline in, in health, at least on, on the outward appearance of Brother Dusk. But I, I never really draw the, uh, the comparison to what's going on on the, sh- on the ship.
1: Oh, it's like completely through and through. I mean, you have... Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, now that you say it, I mean, it, it, it does feel... You know, kind of obvious.
1: Yeah. You have, for example, Day is wondering if he's declining, right? Yeah. And there's this weird kind of semi, it feels almost like a weird, there is a bit of chemistry between Day and Demerzel, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. a, there's like just a slightly, a little bit there. And they're talking about the decline of Dusk while Gale and Rache are talking about the decline or like the... The fallibility of Harry, that he doesn't have everything figured out. Yeah. And then you have Dusk goes to visit the temple, like he goes to visit the the city,
2: right? Yeah, the scar.
1: Yeah, and Harry goes to the laundromat, you know? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you have these, everything's kind of parallel with each other, in a way. Hmm. So, I found that pretty interesting. It also, is. Also found it interesting, I ne- never picked up on this before. There's this theme or this thing that they're alluding to that Gail may be a true seer. And I remember re-watching this episode for the first time and seeing Gail in the swimming pool where she starts to think something's wrong. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out, what is she saying? I was just counting numbers. Like, you automatically know something's wrong. But I think there's something spiritual there because when Dusk goes to visit the temple and the priest, he asked, is she a true seer? Mm. So she seems to be, and and when Harry meets her in the pool, he says, you exceeded my expectations. So she was kind of like a variable that he didn't plan for 100%. Mm. He never planned on being on the ship. I think he planned on being a martyr earlier on, in a way. Um, But we may have a a little sort of variable there that Gail also has the spiritual power to her, in a way, of being able to see the future on a different plane.
0: Yeah, I could see that. I I'm still not 100 percent clear on you know what being a seer really means. Like, what is it that yeah. you know is, is opened up to you? Is it, is it just like intuition, or is there something you know much more you know beyond that? And, you know, I'm it, it's been a long time since I've watched the series, so I I almost feel like I'm re like I'm watching it for the first time. So mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm curious to see if if that is something that is answered and then we find out whether it be in in this season or you know some other one i i want to know a little bit more about that that culture to be honest
1: awesome well let's get into the episode recap now and get this underway cool
0: i i don't know about you but i i thought this episode was the better out of the two so far I think, I think episode one, just my opinion, I think episode one was necessary, right? There was a lot of world building that had to take place. But I found this one to be the episode that really reeled me in.
1: I find that the end of this episode reeled me in. 100% I agree with you there. In terms of the total episode, I really do enjoy episode one because I, I enjoyed the world that they were opening up. But, but I'm with mm-hmm. you. I think that they're even keel in my mind. And the end is better than the first episode's end.
3: Yeah, that's for sure.
1: So we start off on this dwarf planet, Ethra, I think it's called. And I thought it was a research planet, but it turns out it's this illicit biohacking facility that was responsible for building the bombs mm-hmm. that blew up the. What do they call the the star bridge? Is what the, what do they call it? Uh, the explosion think... was in the star bridge, but the yeah, uh, it was this the spine, the giant the, tower. The elevator, sort of. Yeah, see if we can find the name yeah. for that. The Entrantor. Well, everyone's massacred here. It's actually the Empire on their mission of trying to find who on earth, you know, not literally earth, but who in the galaxy is behind this terrorist attack, right? And mm-hmm. so Demerzel's there with the, with the units to try to interrogate GM quarver the woman who's in charge of the biohacking facility. And tries to get information out of her as to who is behind the bombing. Unfortunately, it seems that they've questioned thousands of people and they still can't find the identities of the people behind the attack, which is crazy to me, you know? Like mm-hmm. who 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 could it be that they would be able to hide themselves so well, even with the full force of the empire interrogating? Like there was no loose ends anywhere? That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of people,
0: though. <laughs> I mean, just on Transor alone, I was kind of surprised that they had
1: found people to, I guess, pursue. Mm-hmm. Well, this doesn't seem to be on Trantor. This seems to be outside of it. Yeah, and this, and this it, is another planet. Yeah. Would they have a... She has a debrief, Demerzel does. She seems to be like their utility person. Like, she just does everything. Huh. And we actually got confirmation <laughs> in this episode that she is a, a android of sorts, like a robot type AI sent I don't even know if she's sentient or not like she's just this AI who seems to be sentient in a way right
0: yeah she seems it she's the last of her kind is is my understanding really she mentions later to uh brother Don that you know her kind the the robots the AI was killed off by their kind so by by people um, and it it seems like you know there there's this you know theme in the episode where AI is bad, right? Like yes. AI is not used anywhere, which is kind of interesting given the time that this is put together. Now I don't know how much of that or if like AI itself was put into the books. I'd be curious to find that out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it seems like AI is perceived as this as this evil thing, and you know all of these systems were were killed off by people and now it's people that are making these decisions they don't want to leave these decisions up to ai so kind of interesting to think about that now with the emergence of ai and it being such a prominent thing in today's culture but um i'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit more of, of the backstory behind i guess maybe why it, there was this war between humans and ai
1: i don't think there's ever been a time that's been more interesting to, to to talk about ai and the implications then now, looking at the foundation 50 years, 70 years after it's been written, pretty much, where now you see tools like ChatGPT popping up yeah. and, and the implications that it has in society. You have a writer strike going on right now that a lot of it is revolving around um, AI content creation um, mm-hmm. that still hasn't been resolved yet. You have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, in fact, we actually had a conversation with a good friend of mine, uh, Show Rust, who was on the Soapbox Business Show. He was actually our first episode, and yeah. he has he's a AI wizard. I mean, he's one of the most brilliant, I think he's a genius, talented people that I know. And he has built his own AI interface of sorts that we talk about AI, the implications of it. And uh, he has a more optimistic view on AI and the implications it will have for society. That if anyone's interested in that, just head on over to the Soapbox Business Show and tune into episode one. A lot of people always comment on that being one of their favorite episodes there. Yeah. So. Talking about AI again, uh, Harry mentions in the Apple Orchard that this Apple Orchard goes back to the Robot Rebellion or something (laughs) something like that. And Gail is way past the point of knowing what that rebellion was. And she asks, there were sympathizers? And Harry goes, there's always sympathizers. So it seems that the AI sympathizers were in the minority compared to everyone on the outside, which continues to put the Empire on... The fringe, right? Because people are against the cloning emperor thing. Mm-hmm. And they're also against AI. And here they are doing cloning emperors, and you have this immortal AI who seems to never die, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. We got a, a hard number on how many people are dead in Trantor. It's over hundred million died yeah. in that attack. There's a hundred and twenty seven thousand bodies orbiting the planet of Trantor which is insane.
2: That's crazy.
1: And Emperor Day questions whether it was a mistake to exile Selden mm-hmm. and company. And he makes an interesting quote there where he says, we could make every news outlet repeat, uh, pretty much repeat that they were behind the attack over and over again until that's all you can breathe. Yeah. You know, it's it's he has a chokehold on the information that goes out to the Empire. Not that necessarily anybody believes it, but found it interesting there
0: well if you say it long enough it becomes I mean, the truth right exactly
1: and that that so applies to today that it's it's ridiculous
0: there, there's a lot in this episode that really shows the, i guess the the power that the emperor has it, it it's it's crazy right like it, at, at his fingertips right he can he can destroy worlds which again Reminds me of, of Star Wars and you know the the scene that we get later on kind of kind of feels like watching the Death Star to a degree.
1: Yeah. So Gale and Raish are officially an item. Yeah. And pretty fast. I gotta say, they move pretty fast, Gale and Raish. They're having sex all over the ship in this episode. <laughs> well, uh, it it has been, I would assume, a
0: while. You think so? Since since the end of episode one and this. I mean they had to True. True. Get on this massive ship, get that into outer space. I don't know quite how that, that happened, but whatever. Um, And I mean, I don't know how long they've been traveling. She had mentioned, I think, how much farther they had to go.
1: But they are a secret item still. Yeah. So I figure that there's are still relatively new if they're secret, you know? Yeah. Because Harry seems to be against it.
0: Well, Rage is Harry's adopted son, so...
1: Yeah, but, you know, let them enjoy life, you know what I mean? (laughs) Okay. So, apparently, the ship's going to be in transit for four years plus. Yeah. I could have swore that number was shorter in the first episode, but maybe I'm wrong.
2: Let's see.
1: I have to verify. I think I had a written note of how long they said it was going to be. I found that the coolest thing on this ship was the simulation room. In fact, the first time I watched this episode and they're doing the simulation in the cave, I'm like, what the hell just happened? Did I miss a scene? How did they get to this cave? And then all of a sudden you're like in this hyper VR world that inhabits this little small circle, but somehow it's way bigger than this circle. (laughs) Interesting, right? They're running Terminus simulations. They're trying to pretty much prepare for the scenarios they're going to have to deal with in order to set up the foundation on planet terminus which seems to be a very inhospitable place based off of the simulation where you got yeah, this I, monster, I this
0: alien like it, it
1: looks like alien from aliens to a degree it's called a bishop's claw and apparently they were dead either way whether he fired the gun or not because that thing was gonna kill all three of them I would, so, I would i would put my money on that thing winning over them yeah
0: with one gun yeah and a room full of explosives uh it takes fifty-four months, which is four point five years, to get from Trantor, uh, Trantor
1: to Terminus. Okay, so that tells us that it's not that it hasn't been that long since they left Trantor. Maybe it's been a month. Yeah, a little bit. Because she says like four years and four months, I think is the number she says. So Gail and Raisha have accelerated uh, expedited the relationship <laughs> process here. But you know what, why you know why not? They're going to literally refound civilization, so might as well get started now yeah right <laughs> it's gotta save humanity, yeah, only one way, and they make sure of that way in this episode, well, but, but Apple keeps it tame, you know a lot of shows like they will glorify sex and nudity like to such an extreme degree that it'll off put the audience mm-hmm. like h b o does it and Showtime does it like jeez, like yeah. to the point where it's beyond uh anything you know pertinent to the to narrative, you mm-hmm. know um like i was talking about some to somebody the other day i was like you know they should do it they should do a show on rome i know there was a show on rome but i asked the the guy who i was talking to um who had seen it and i was like was it a good show he's like not really it was all about like pretty much it was just sex and it was pretty much the Mm -hmm. cheap stuff that a lot of networks will cling to like in the first season like you know like all right we got like a nudity quota we got to hit to make sure we hit these numbers (laughs) in the pilot. You know, I felt like that was something that was really prevalent back in the, uh, maybe like five, 10 years ago, like Mm -hmm. Showtime, HBO in specific. And now like, I feel like Apple TV is kind of keeping it more open to all audiences in a way. Like you can show it and it can be steamy, but at the same time, like not, you know, distract from at hand. You know, I also think this is a rabbit hole but i also think uh women are standing up for themselves more as actors mm. in terms of um in terms of fighting for their rights like they, if they're not comfortable with doing something i feel like back in the day that was not really an option you know like mm. they were just going along with things but that's a rabbit hole it's a rabbit hole
0: it is but I, I do agree i think apple has at least on the shows we've been watching recently has been doing a good job at keeping uh keeping these things pretty tame i mean between this silo even ted lasso i mean there's there's a few things in there but it's nothing yeah, but not like it's, it's nothing very graphic
1: yeah yeah it's just it's an interesting conversation point of like where that like Mad Men did it in a in a tasteful tasteful way it's like what is that conversation mm-hmm. you know but yeah um harry and gail have a reconvening they discuss the prospects of terminus Harry's demeanor makes way more sense in this episode after you see him die at the end of it, right? Yeah. Because something's mysterious going on and even Raish is mysterious in the way where when him and Gail are talking about having kids, he starts to cry, you know, like you can see his eyes watering up, Mm -hmm. you know, so he seems to know something that she doesn't know. And even at the table when Harry triggers Raish in a way with his past, right? Yeah. It feels like there's something weird going on between the two of them. It does. It does. Yeah. I, I'm curious
0: to, to know, I guess, why he's... I think he was taking pills.
1: Yeah. Harry. Yeah. There was two things that I was curious about. And one of them I will mention is that when Rache seems to kill Harry, he takes something from behind his ear. Yeah. I noted that down too. Now, I, I'm assuming that thing behind his ear was what triggered the alarm in the ship that his life functions were, um, had ceased to exist. That's what I'm assuming, but I could be wrong. No idea what the hell that thing was behind his ear. I also don't know what pill Harry took at the dinner table. Yeah. Um, Harry is having a hard time being casual with people, which goes to my egomaniac Harry theory that he is, you know, he wants to very much be the savior of mankind the way the emperor wants to maintain the emperor's peace. Just Mm -hmm. a thought. Maybe not as dark, but he definitely, definitely does not like to be on an even field, you know?
2: Yeah.
0: Harry kind of seems to me like somebody who doesn't really want to go get his hands dirty. He wants to sit back and like you said, be the martyr for everybody.
1: Well, yeah, he Uh, didn't, he didn't expect to be on the ship. He admits that on this episode. Now,
0: what's the alternative? I mean, the only alternative I could think of is is death at that point.
1: I figured that he would have been... I thought what he was alluding to when he said that he didn't expect to be on the ship wasn't so much that he was a coward and didn't want to go with them to to follow through on his supposed uh surefire mathematics <laughs> but I, I thought it was more of a, that he figured he would be killed by the emperor and turned into a martyr yeah
2: i still I still
0: need to know more about this uh this math.
1: what well, we find out in this episode, according to Gail that she actually worked out the fact that his math is not worked out, that the solution he has for Terminus is actually not as foolproof as Harry has made it seem, mm-hmm. which goes to our episode one reactions to psychohistory and how like, how convenient the two people who can save the galaxy happen to be right here and your <laughs> lives must be spared or else the galaxy will perish into oblivion, you know? Yeah. What did you think of these shrouds? Oh, I thought it was one of the coolest things in the episode. <laughs> the shrouds that they put on the Anacreon and the Thespans when uh, the Emperor is interrogating them. Yeah. That they were super cool. Something, out of, something straight out of Dune, it feels like. I, it does look like a device from Dune. What do you think these things do? Like, does it
0: immediately put them um, unconscious? No. Or does it just block out all senses? I like, hey, it, you can't hear anything and you can't see anything. Because, I mean, it looks like their legs move. They can walk, stand.
1: I think it blocks out all senses maybe it's like that black mirror episode Mm. you ever seen the black mirror episode where they um you can't see anybody's face everybody's blurry yeah
0: yeah and you can't hear them it's all muffled that was interesting
1: what was why was that in that black mirror episode like what what penalty was that for
0: uh i don't i think I don't know if somebody was just like a,
1: a criminal or they killed somebody or they got a they, divorce or whatever. They like had committed they some sort of crime. I don't, I don't remember what why that was the severe penalty of it. Wasn't John yeah. Hamm in that episode? I believe. Yeah. I believe so. Okay, so the Anacrian and Thespian delegates from their planets are still pretty, pretty much being held hostage on Trantor until the empire can get more information as to who is behind the terrorist attack and they're still denying involvement. To be honest, I'm starting to believe them. Either that or if the planets are behind it, they withheld the information from the delegates so that there would be no loose ends, right? Which also makes yeah. sense. Yeah. How do you- I'm f- very intrigued by this painting. On the wall? Yeah. I'm very intrigued as why this old man is climbing this large ass ladder by himself, nobody spotting him, and how <laughs> we're, we're in the super future- and that this is the way we're still doing things to paint. Yeah,
0: I i would be, I'd probably fall off that thing too. We've
1: got all these futuristic devices <laughs> and we're still here with a ladder and a platform that seems to be affixed to the wall. I I think it like floats around or
0: something. I, I mean, I feel like it would mess up this, this painting. I mean, the, the painting is less odd to me, right? Like it's it's an art form, right? Like it's like going to buy a, a, a record now, right? Like it's just a different way of doing things. yeah, I do think it's it's bizarre that, yeah, okay, we, we've got all of these scans, these shields, this crazy yeah. tech, but and it's like,, yeah, a, gonna, I gotta go climb that We've like got gold nothing ladder for the ladder,
1: there. we've got nothing new for the ladder. No. Science has been hard working in the lab. We can't this is the best we got. Solid gold ladder weighs a million yeah.
2: pounds. Okay, Gail and.
1: The doctor's office is. Is Gail pregnant? I couldn't figure out from this episode if she was pregnant or not. I don't think she's pregnant yet. Maybe.
0: Mm. It's. I mean, they they talk about it later on in the episode, and the thing that threw me off was it seems like her friend is pregnant. Yeah, the engineer Lowry. Yeah. Uh, Before Before we move to this, I was I was just going to note you saw um dusk's like uh, hand like tremors.
1: Yeah, he's having some sort of health crisis. Yeah. 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 But some some biological clock maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think that they have like an expiration date, all of these clones, right? Yeah. Maybe it weakens over time as well. Well in terms of maybe over time he, he lives even shorter and shorter and shorter the further you get away from the first. I don't I don't know what, what the uh
0: deprecation and quality would, would be for, for clones. I haven't really looked into that science
1: yet. Yeah. Well, Gail goes to the doctor and she gets a tip that one of the engineers is pregnant. The way the ship is set up, it's not really ideal to be pregnant on the ship. So, they pretty much donate, what, the, the embryos to the, mm. to the seed bank, in a way. Yeah. And they pretty much incubate the babies. And so, the engineers, like any mother, attach to the child and wants to carry her own baby. Uh, but Gail tries to convince her otherwise.
2: Yeah, and I I get I get
0: the want to carry your own baby, but at the same time, it sounds like there's a legitimate reason to not, with all of the radiation that's out there. Mm. It it all like if that's just gonna kill them, like what's the point? Like that almost seems like a foolish decision. Yeah, I don't know agreed. to what extent that's true. You well, know how intense radiation is and why not? But
1: well, uh, Lowry, the engineer, does seem to change her mind and and do it. In the end, because at the end of the episode, she asked for Gail to pass oh, the wine. is that? Yeah, she asked Gail to pass the wine and Gail looks at her like sideways. And Lowry kind of like smiles at her. Not, it Didn't seem like a smile of, yeah, I'm going to drink and like wreck my baby. It seemed like a smile like, yeah, I did what you told me to do.
0: I I was not sure what to make of that scene. I was like, what,
1: what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I took it as that she actually went and incubated the the embryo I guess or whatever they would call that all right yeah fingers crossed she does mention the episode name though in her defense of wanting to carry her own baby she's like we're not living we're preparing to live I'm like yeah what do you expect we're going to a freaking ice planet (laughs) yeah we're preparing to live
2: on the outskirts of the empire outskirts the very
1: outskirts on to Brother Dusk. Brother Dusk visits the Scar in Ground Zero. Uh, we can push forward there. To visit the same temple that Gail visited when she first got to Trantor. Yeah. The trip doesn't seem to avail much other than this was an unsanctioned trip for the Emperor to take. He seems a bit frustrated on how Emperor Day is ru- handled? Yeah. He you know he you know what he reminds me of? Hmm. Let's use a Disney example. Okay. Bob Iger, great CEO. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Read his book. Great book. Uh, I think it's an autobiography. And he steps down as CEO. He, you know, takes Disney on a Historic Run, acquires Lucas uh films and Marvel, and just pretty much explodes a bit, Disney across all frontiers. Mm-hmm. Then Bob Chappick takes over. And Disney he goes to the crapper. And it's almost like maybe Bob is sitting at home, like I would do this, this, and that. You know, I don't know. Do this. <laughs> and then Bob's being called into the boardroom and now he's back as CEO of Disney. <laughs> you know, it's like almost like Dusk is here, like as a last hurrah. He knows his health is failing and he's like, Let me do what needs to be done. He was probably right about using the stick, right? About yeah. being harsh. Day has been a little bit too lenient with things. And then he takes it overboard at the end, probably. But who knows, maybe he didn't take it overboard.
0: They may have been. I mean, if, if you look at, uh, what would you call them, Trantorians? No idea. Uh, the people that live on Trantor towards the end, they're all chanting and rooting for this. Tr- it's it clear that they needed some sort of show, show of power, show of strength. You did get 100 million people plus wiped out. You know, there was a few interesting things that I, I, I saw in this little journey to the scar here. You know, Demerzel really seems to, <laughs> uh, Demerzel really seems, Mario just sent me a, a joke in the chat, so we won't go there, uh, seems to kind of have like the secret thing with uh, Brother Dusk, right? Like she she seems very loyal to Day, but it almost looks like, I mean, I guess technically they are old friends, right? I mean, Ooh, she's been- Demerzel and, and uh, Dusk? I mean, she's known Dusk for longer simply because he's older and she's been here for a long time. Does Demerzel have a choice? I don't know. I mean, I, it seems like the way that the, the Empire is portrayed is that Brother Day is the one in charge. He's the strong one. He's the one you have to listen to. But I almost feel like she's kind of
2: like sneaking around with, with uh, Brother Dusk Here is th- is what it kind of felt like. I think she is assigned to protect them, each of them. Yeah. Well, we also, in this scene,
0: find out that, well, she is a robot of sorts. She gets hit by a falling rock and rips her outer bio flesh open, whatever you'd want to call that. Mm -hmm. And then the seer also asks Brother Dusk to remove his weapon. And the weapon is like a uh, force field, like a shield.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like an but, amulet that gives a force force field to him.
0: Yeah, which which is an interesting piece of technology. Uh, the seer also then proceeds to touch uh, Brother Dusk. So I don't know if the whole "if you touch them, you have to die" thing is is real.
2: Um, did he touch him? He touched the, the, the like the chest plate that's in front of him
1: mm, after he turned it off. Yeah. Interesting. I'm not sure. I think it's like a, a faux pas, right? Like you're not allowed to. It's taboo to touch the emperor. That, yeah. like, I, I don't know. They, the emperor holds himself above man in a way. The trip doesn't avail much though. I mean. The, no, there's not much else that came out of it. Although the priest I think was lying in a way. I think he is intrigued by Gale because he was at the trial and Dusk mm-hmm. caught on to it. So Dusk is catching on to things that Day is not catching on to. That's why he's there, right? Yeah. Um, and he is asking him, why were you at that trial? Why are you curious? He's like, curiosity is not a crime, he said. And Dusk tells him, it is a crime on your planet. And it shut, that shuts up the priest pretty much. But the priest reaffirms that supposedly Gale is not seen by the sleeper, which is their god of sorts from whatever religion this is in, in the foundation. But the building all around them is crumbling in the moment the empire gets there. And mm-hmm. they have to leave. I, I do have to ask, Why does, does Demerzel have to walk like that with her arms crossed in front of her? Could she not run out of there? Because She absolutely uh, um, did not have to take that shrapnel to the chest.
0: She didn't need to. I, I think it's just, it, it makes her look a little more menacing.
1: Menacing. Like I think it look, she's makes she's her kind look of, like She's uh,
0: kind of indestructible. She's just, it's like watching Darth Vader walk slowly. I don't get Darth
1: Vader vibes from Demerzel.
0: I don't. Well, I'm not, I don't really get the Darth Vader vibes itself. It's just, it's just the slow walk.
1: hmm do you know what primes are? Like, do you understand Prime the numbers. counting that she is, like, do you understand what she's counting here?
0: Not, not fully. I mean, I I, I don't really make a habit of counting in primes, so no. <laughs> I feel like you would,
1: though. <laughs> why, why would I count in primes? I feel like sometimes we've hung out and I've heard you under your breath go, 82,778. <laughs> That's, that's how I know when, when something's wrong, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Well, back, <laughs> back to the ship. Uh, Harry's in his room doing some mad scientist type work and he takes a break and I think he's coming to the conclusions that, who knows, maybe Harry's trying to come to a conclusion that's different from the result of this episode and that's why he's so tormented. Maybe he sees the only way forward is for him to die at this point and that's why he's kind of like in this psycho depressive state in this episode where nobody can really understand why he's acting the way he's acting.
0: Yeah. I wasn't sure what to think of it. I did write in my notes. I'm like, why, why is he look, why does he look so stressed as he's looking at the, right. with the prime radiant and yeah. it looks like he's redoing calculations. Is there a possibility that he is wrong? And that like, not just like, yeah, I got a detail or two off, but like actually wrong about something. I, I have no idea. I, and maybe, maybe it's just trying to recalculate things. Now that gale's there.
1: I'm not sure. It could be. It's like anything, right? Anybody can have a very strong plan and it's completely human to doubt whether that plan's right, even if you are right, even if what you're doing is right. You know, and he's having this kind of crisis of, of faith in, in the work that he's doing, which I think is completely normal and humanizes his character a bit more. Mm. But it could be his moment of, you know, where his faith is failing in, in what he's doing, or maybe he's trying to find a way that he doesn't have to die. Who knows? Not 100% sure at this point. But he does allude to knowing about Raish and Gail in the conversation with Gail after he tells her about how she's exceeded every expectation he had of her. And he does does mention that he gambled with exile, but he never expected that he would be on the ship. But I don't see how her and Raish are related to Harry not expecting to be on the ship, you know? I don't see how that was the wrinkle that he couldn't predict, you know?
2: Yeah, that,
0: that one, I, I don't quite get. Maybe, maybe the, the concern, I wonder, did he find out about this somehow by looking at the Prime Radiant? Is that how he knows the show, about Rach the and uh,
1: Gale? The show does get a little fuzzy in terms of like, sometimes you feel like, yo, Harry, you said you could only predict large masses of events. Then yeah. how the hell do you know that you killing yourself pretty much, right? Because uh-huh. the Raish thing doesn't seem like Raish would do that. So, I'm going to just go out on a limb and say that Raish, that was part of the plan. Okay? Because mm-hmm. he had he knew exactly what to do with Gail the moment he saw her, right? He did. Um, I, I think the
0: frustration at the dinner table was was just, you know, uh, trying you're not gonna to get someone. track.
1: You're not going to kill yeah. someone over that, though, you know? Yeah. Anyways. Um does Harry, Can Harry really predict based off of one event? You know what I mean? That's where history yeah. gets a little bit too plot holy for me, like too convenient. Yeah, It's almost like Mission Impossible. I think I've mentioned this shit before. Mission <laughs> Impossible with like the fake faces where mm-hmm. the guy keeps ripping off a face and ripping off a face and ripping <laughs> off a face like, oh, come on. How many faces do we got under there? We got enough. Yeah, we got enough for whatever plot hole we need. And they haven't done that. As the movies have gotten better, you've had less face mask technology in Mission Impossible. And now they're better than James Bond. That's crazy, huh?
0: Uh, no, I, I can't agree with
1: that. Oh, they're way better than James Bond right now. The last two or three Mission Impossibles have blown James Bond out of the water.
0: I haven't watched the last two or three. What? Uh, I watched the first. The last one that I saw. i to boot you from this call to go watch Mission
2: Impossible like right now. <laughs>
0: The last, oh, I mean, I don't remember which Goes movie Protocol? in the series of movies it was. Uh, the The one where he's like hanging off the side of the airplane.
1: Okay, you have seen some of the latest ones. All right, I don't okay, understand. I've, I've I don't seen understand that much. one. I just, I haven't seen all of the new ones. We were looking for a new co-host at Story Archives. <laughs> uh, <I'm just>
0: <laughs> Somebody who thinks James Bond is the better. Uh, TV no, over here.
1: time, I take James Bond always. Like I have this nostalgia with James Bond going mm-hmm. back to when I was a kid where... You know, it's, a, it's a whole different vibe. You'd put, it's a completely yeah, different. Vibe. You know, you know me. I love the gentleman burglar. Gen, you yeah, know, the I code. know, our whole channel is based on that. We started <laughs> on this. I mean, we start with Lupin, and we went to Peaky Blinders. You know, Arsene Lupin is is like a James Bond character. Tommy Shelby's like a James Bond type character. You know, like all these guys are like that. So, like the channel is always going to have a backbone of somebody who's a James <laughs> Bond character. You know, but um. Yeah, just, just saying. You know, remember the days with Spike TV? We do like the 20, 25 days of, uh, of Bond's Mr. I, I don't know. I forgot what they used to call it. It was like James Bond marathons. I, I do remember the marathons. That's amazing.
2: I love that so much.
1: <laughs> Best Bond.
2: Oh, gosh.
1: Not movie, actor. Oh, actor. I got Sean mine. Connery. Yeah, Sean Connery, for sure. Sean Connery, then, then Craig. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah, right. we're in alignment on that. Agreed. Okay. Gail talks to Raish. Probably the most important part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Not my favorite part of the episode, but probably the most important. She says that the math's not all figured out.
1: Which takes us to our, you know, episode <laughs> one, the doubt, you know, of, our, of, come on, man. This is exactly how it has to go. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. You know. She says she couldn't say anything and you really can't blame her. She, If she would have said something, she probably would have died on Trantor, right? Yeah. So, that's where we are now. And this is, I put a side note. So, we were kind of right about Harry underneath that. Um, she does sit on this allocations meeting and emphasizes the importance of every single detail that the foundation is choosing because they are choosing what mankind remembers, right? Yeah. So, the math system they choose, the counting system they choose, everything is going to be based on what they want people to remember, which is kind of, uh, I think I would have a, like, I would think myself into the ground and just like trying to consider, all right, what books do we bring, guys? What do we do here? What kind of, all right, what's, this is too much. Let's bring everything. Start talking like Morty. <laughs> I don't know, Rick. <laughs> All right, Demerzel the robot. Did you catch, I feel like you caught more of the AI details in this episode than I did. What was up with this conversation between Demerselle? she's patching up the chest wound, and she's talking to uh, little Emperor Don here as he watches her kind of half naked, which was interesting, an interesting choice for me on, uh, yeah. on Demerizel's part. Break- it was, it was o- you, hey? opening up his, his world to, um,
2: you know. <laughs> female bots
1: yeah for sure that's why he's running after her ass like that he's like running down the hallway chasing her
0: yeah i I think the scene was more for us just just to know that she is Mm
3: -hmm.
1: an ai Mm
0: -hmm. this is when we we hear the little backstory that i mentioned earlier of well you know her her kind has been all you know killed off um by humankind because i think uh brother don had had said that they were like destroyed or you know something like that but she's like no we we we, we didn't just get destroyed or whatever we were we were killed off by your kind right so just kind of hinting back at the rebellion i don't know if
2: that's going to play a larger theme in the show later on but it's at least intriguing i, think- I didn't pick much else up
0: outside of that though
1: yeah, there does seem to be an aura of mystery regarding the AI race as it mm-hmm. stands. Right. And she does seem to have opinions, but opinions that maybe cannot be shared at this point, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because she does have this this moment with Don at the end, right? Because he's always in a learning phase as he's seeing his older brother technically, right? Or older self. Yeah execute all these people on command and pretty much sentencing, sentencing a whole planet to death in a way um, or large portions of it and he says does it always end like this as he looks upon like two hanging dead bodies and yeah. she says yes you always choose this you know, you know
0: I, I didn't really notice it until now when, when you were just mentioning that and I don't know if this, is, if this is purely a symptom of age or if this is hinting towards something else but if you look at Brother Dusk Brother Day and then Brother Don. hmm There's this like decrease over time in just the the harshness of them.
1: Yes. Well, actually, I don't know if it's the harshness is the way I would define it. I would define it as conviction in what they're doing. Yeah. Right? It feels like Don has like questions about everything because he's coming into his own. Mm-hmm. Day is very much embracing the power that he has. And Dusk I mean, even in the scene where he's settling the disagreement with, with Brother Day, he's like, How arrogant the hubris of Cleon the First to say, My intelligence from uh of all rivers I flow or something like that, from all rivers flow from me type of thing. Yeah. I will be the river from which all rivers flow. Yeah. And he's pretty much questioning the the veracity or the the truth in that statement that he should be the only one who rules, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, before going on and continuing his duties, it feels like a freaking emperor's tour here. Where he now he's going to go meet with the Anacreon investment the delegation because he's pretty much the one who strikes down the fact that they will die. Not day. Yeah, day was not a hundred percent going down this route of killing these two. It's dusk who wants to end them. And and that, that's kind of why I I had said that thing right, like brother day seems to be questioning
0: more. Like he he's yeah she he's. You know, full of himself with power and all of that. They, yeah. uh, you know, I think that's just a little more level their headed, nature. Though,
1: than we expect.
0: In yeah. I mean, he he's not going off the deep end as quickly as, as uh, Dusk is. Yeah. And then again at the end, we, we get Dawn who's looking at day and <laughs> it's Dawn, Dusk, Day is getting a little confusing. Dawn is looking at day <laughs> and it's like, is this always going to happen? Right. Like, so it's like he, he's even questioning what the person that's questioning uh, things
2: all the time did. Yeah. All right. Next scene,
1: Harry goes to the mattresses. He goes to the laundromat to check in on a shirt with an ink stain on it. Seems like Harry wants to die in the, his favorite shirt, if you ask me. Mm. That's the way I took this scene. After knowing the events that take place later. He wants a very specific shirt. He wants a shirt with a specific stain on it. He wants it. He needs it. And uh, seems to be his favorite. And in this process of visiting the laundromat, it's very much like him visiting the people, right? Yeah. It's like the way Dusk visits the Scar. You know, he's going to see the city. Right? Mm-hmm. And he does mention that it's what you should have done. He says that today. You should go see your people. <laughs> and this woman named Vina asks if he's happy. And Harry, for a moment, that really contemplates if he's happy, he like mutters it to himself. Right? And then yeah. she asks, no, with the progress of the ship, so he doesn't actually have to be introspective with her and and telling her how unhappy he is about <laughs> his personal life. Um, well, nobody calls me doctor anymore. Yeah, no one calls me Dr. Selden. <laughs> just Harry. He gives this motivational speech to the people in the laundromat and shakes everyone's hand, has a very kingly moment there, like Churchill in the train, you know, mm-hmm. in The Darkest Hour, you know, where he goes to the subway. And he just kind of reinvigorates everybody on their purpose and how he single handedly picked every single name on it. Which takes us back to that whole thing of does he know every single individual decision, you know? Exactly. Exactly.
0: Like that uh, that's the part where this whole psycho history is just it's very confusing.
1: It's it's very convenient is what it is. You know, Zach, I think we could create our own pseudoscience and keep on moving the goalposts of when like a we just make it doom and gloom, right? <laughs> Every the world's going to end. Yeah. And we'll always set, like, this is when it's going to end. And then we'll just continue to move the goalpost until further mm-hmm. and further and further. And so we'll just keep moving it.
2: Wait a yeah. minute. Wait a minute. Anyways, um,
1: he continues this laundromat moment here. And you can just see, it feels like almost like a farewell speech if you watch it within, with the intent of what's going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you know what comes later, it does, really, it does really have that feeling. This is final, almost like a final farewell and trying to encourage everybody. Yeah.
1: And by the way, I, I'm completely, I'm not against Harry's plan here for the foundation. I think it's a good insurance plan for the empire, to be honest, you know? Mm -hmm. You know, if things go to crap, you know, you should have a plan. But with it, you know that it's not a foolproof certainty that things are going to plan out A to Z the way he says they're going to plan out, you know? Even him, literally the the founder of it is having questions about it. And there's a Mm -hmm. sense of secrecy, you know, where they do have projections on how many people will die and Gail even denies it. She lies to her friend and says, we don't have those projections. And she's lying because there's certain things like what we talked about, you know, like there's Certain things that are better off not being said, you know, like it's better to, yeah. it's like a noble lie in a sense to, you know, you imagine you're on this trip and you find out, oh yeah, they're planning on at least 2,000 of us dying like 100% by the time we get there. Like that's <laughs> not going to make you feel good. Not, not at all.
0: It's only yeah. a four and a half year drive though. So, yeah, whatever. It's okay. You know, we, we did, uh, there was a couple things that I, I wanted to mention earlier. Um, when Gail is talking to everybody in that, the meeting that I guess Harry didn't want to go to, uh, she was sitting in for him. She's talking about how we count. I didn't know that or know this, but did you know that there actually is base 10 and base 12 and base 27 counting and different other base countings? What
2: cultures use different ones? In real? Ah, uh, so there are quite a few. Let me see here. We have certain ones. Uh, the
0: Oskapin or o- Oksapman, mm-hmm. Oksapman, mm-hmm. uh of New Guinea used base 27. What do we use in America? We use base 10. Um, And you know, base 27 is based off of counting body parts. Then there's other people so there's base 20 which is used in i can't pronounce this but it's like shotsville a mayan, a mayan language spoken in mexico there's a few there's quite a few others like uh one two five twenty fifteen interesting you know there's like slight variance between them but i didn't know that it was a thing at all i don't know anything about this neither. if you're I... an expert out there on
1: um <laughs> What what do they call it? Base counting?
0: It, it's it's different types of counting. It's base ten, base base, base 10, twelve, okay. um, like the, the dozenal system, base twelve, right? Like you get a dozen. Yeah,
1: I'd love right? to. I'd love to know more about that. If you're listening out there and you have an idea, you can send us a little primer on the different wh- forms of counting. The different what do you call it, Zach?
0: Uh, it's called base 10 or base 12. Okay, it's just different i don't i don't know what the technical term would be but it's like different bases of counting okay
1: contact that soapbox.house is our email for those who want to help us out in this department
0: yeah there was there was one other thing i want to i want to mention really quick before mm-hmm. we get into to something else there was this comment we saw at the end of dusk um i, I guess almost like interrogating or whatever uh the thespin and the anacreon uh What what would they be called? Ambassadors here?
1: Yeah, I just call them delegates, ambassadors, whatever. Same
0: thing. Day is standing up top with Dermazelle and mentions to her towards the end of that scene that the old man is declining, isn't he? And there's just something about the way that he says that. It just sounds a little fishy. Like the questioning in that. I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. What would come out of it? But... I think I, I don't know
2: if you picked up anything on
1: that. Yeah, I, I just think that there's an expiration date. They're the 12th of their line. So they all die eventually and the next three come in, right? <clears throat> so there will probably be another day that comes along and they have to age and space it out accordingly. Mm. Uh, we learn a little bit about Rache and his background. We find out that he is essentially, he was a poor kid. You know, he, he was, according to Harry's memory, he was stealing books from the library to sell on the black market. Mm-hmm. But Rache corrects him and says, no, my dad was working in this really um, rough place. He wasn't drinking. He was working in the heat sinks. Yep. He had an accident. He burned down his back. And that's why he stole the books, was to make medicine for his wound so he could go back to work. He said he didn't start drinking until I went to go live with you. So. There's a little bit of a, a darker story with Raish there. And Harry, I don't understand Harry's uh, motive here in this conversation of pissing off Raish publicly. Maybe it was part of the plan for what occurs later. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe they needed a public uh, issue with each other. Who knows? I don't know.
0: However, Raish mentions to Gail that this happens every two years,
2: that he brings it up. Yeah. Who knows? So it's, I, it's I, like don't a really, I don't really know the significance of it.
1: It's like a father son relationship situation, you know, so
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: I didn't read a lot into it other than thinking that it was Harry's petty way of attacking him in public over him getting romantically involved with Gail, who seems to be like mm-hmm. the hope of the universe here. And uh Gail and Raish go and enjoy the simulation together. I'm assuming it's in the same circular room they did the the cave simulation, and Gail just got no issue man she she hops on a race and they get it on inside the simulation <laughs> room and I figure that's a public room that people could just walk into
0: yeah, I mean it I don't know if you can reserve this thing or lock the door <laughs> I don't know she's doing it in the pool anywhere
1: but her actual apartment, yeah so
0: they I guess they like public spaces, yeah, she does for sure. I, I wish, uh, I wish I had a room like this. This is pretty cool.
1: Simulation room where you could just like yeah. put whatever you want on it just the stream. looks like, It's incredible, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, Apple spent the money on this show, 100%. Okay, back to Trantor. The three, em- three emperors contemplate the next steps as they overlook the empire, so to speak. Trantor. Little Don is scared, but Day has now taken on officially the stance of dusk, which is to project strength in the face of fear. And put a chokehold on it, and that's where we get the Empire Strikes Back and the mass execution in front of all of the people. Yeah. Um. He lines up all of the delegates that came with the two main ambassadors from Anacreon and Thespin. Mm-hmm. If we can push it forward, and in doing so, not only kills. Those who are standing there while the whole city looks on at the scar where the giant gaping hole is on Trantor, right? Yeah. Kills them all as a message that the Empire is not going to allow their peace to be messed with. And in doing so, they do this Death Star move on both their home planets Ana- Ana- of Anacreon and Thespis or Thespin. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think he eradicates the planet because he sends the two main ambassadors back. With a message for them. Yeah. Pretty much saying, like, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna deal with this. I think we know for a fact that the the kill the people who were behind it were an in accurate investment, but now was it government involvement is is to be determined, right? Yeah. So to do this on a whim to not know if the government was behind it is a pretty crazy move if you're Emperor Day here. Like those could have been that could have been an entirely different faction that had nothing to do with the government, but he is nonetheless sending a devastating message to these planets.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he does, he does mention, right? Like, everybody needs a, a show of strength here, right? And earlier in the episode, there was this comment of, well, there's nothing to, you know, there's no evidence to convict them. He's like, yeah, but there's nothing to exonerate them either.
1: Yeah. So what do you do if you're him? What are you doing, Emperor Zach? Hmm. <sighs> it's a great
3: question. I don't know. I don't, I don't
2: think I'd wipe out the planets. No? I don't know.
1: Uh, what would you do? Would you wipe them don't out? Don't push this to me just because you want to push, you don't want to answer the question. Don't push this to hey, me. listen, I, I
0: always give the dark
1: answers. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not true. This is not true. I think we know what you would do based on your non-answer. You would. You would have done this. Unbelievable.
0: Okay. All right. Whatever. I'm the uh, <laughs>
1: the murderer of he, worlds here. You know his moment where he puts his fingers up and he starts like playing the or, like uh, composer as the yeah. thing starts <laughs> striking the planets. It reminded me of uh, this anime, uh, Hunter X Hunter. There's this character named Crollo who like does this this attack on the city, and he does like when he, it's an epic moment. It's like he he's sitting up there and he's literally composing all of his soldiers uh, to attack the city. It's pretty epic. Back to the ship. It, Gail is swimming. She swims a lot. She does. Well, let me tell you, it's one of the coolest pools you ever see. It's literally, you can look out into space as she's swimming, which is awesome. I mean, I would be chilling in there too, to be honest with you.
2: Yeah, I can't blame her.
1: Yeah. But she has this realization while she's in the pool that something's wrong. Which takes us to the whole, is she a seer thing? You know, can she actually while Harry can predict the large events going on, maybe she can predict the Specifics. Maybe. It's interesting.
0: She She's in here swimming and, and counting her primes. Mm-hmm. And she miscounts. She counts a number that's not a prime.
2: Oh, so that's what sets her off.
0: Yeah. She said 40, uh, it's eighty-one eight hundred and forty-eight, but it was 849 that should have been the next number.
1: Oh, I didn't catch that. Do you think yeah. that means that maybe this is a mistake for Harry to die? This is not meant to happen?
0: Mm,
2: that's interesting. I, I, I'm i not quite sure what it means. Um,
0: I, I kind of thought it was like maybe this like loose tie-in to this psycho history that's all about, you know, numbers and mathematics and things like that. And, you know, maybe there's there's some correlation there, but Hmm. I'm, not, I'm not sure beyond that what it really meant or what it really means. I don't know if it's something unexpected or just from an in- something from, abnormal.
1: From, from an intuition perspective, I think we can all relate to when something has gone wrong where we knew something was off. Yeah. And like the, num- you know, the numbers in our head, were not adding up in terms of our intuition, right? And that's mm-hmm. a weird way to look at it, but I can kind of relate in that. Well, she goes to visit, uh, to go check on Ray. She's not in his apartment. And when she goes to check on Harry, She finds Raish having just stabbed Harry in the stomach with a knife, which he's not going to recover from, and removing, secretly, I think he didn't show Gale what he removed from his ear, but he removed something from Harry's ear. Yeah. And took it, which seems to have set off a warning, which I don't understand why the ship is tied to his life functions. It's interesting to me. But it might be for everyone. I don't maybe, know. maybe. I don't think so though. It seems like something specific for him. They're like on a red alert there. And Raich, Well, I mean, they, they're all they're all
0: going on this journey because of him. So I mean,
1: you imagine the whole ship. It's kind of like down? having your
0: president yeah. murdered or something.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I get it, but you know, it's a freaky way
2: to wake up. Race yeah. hurries to send Gail into this
1: kind of cryo tank escape capsule. Which freaks me out as the water's rising and he says, you can breathe fluid. Yeah, like what,
2: what kind of fluid is that?
1: Talk about a day, huh? And also for yeah. Raish to have to live with this. Because it seems like the whole episode he knew that this was what he had to do, right? Yeah. In some sort of weird way. Also interesting to me that he threw the knife in there.
3: Yeah. What if that knife
1: know, par- stabs her? Yeah, that- That's true. That thing could Could cut her jugular while she's floating (laughs) in space. Like, what?
0: Seeing her little uh, escape pod float near, you know, past all these asteroids was giving me so
2: much anxiety.
1: Well, I figure that this (laughs) thing can avoid asteroids. Like, he sent it on a course, I'm assuming. Hopefully.
2: I suppose. I'm not sure if.
1: You notice she goes back to counting primes immediately after? Yeah. So it's like it's back on track. Like this was supposed to happen now? Like yeah, the and, things
0: and back moving. I I was gonna say like I I think it's this it's it's not <clears throat> his uh, killing of Harry, Rach killing Harry. That was the, the anomaly thing that got or the, the odd thing. It was her, her leaving the ship. seeing it. It was her being there. And may, maybe maybe she is a seer and and be, maybe she got distracted. She she realized something and she just maybe she just literally miscounted or something. Maybe there's not even a correlation there. I'm not. I'm not sure.
1: I, I think there is a correlation there. That's why she starts counting again. But we'll see. We'll see what it is because as she's drifting off into the space, that's the end of episode two. And to find out what does happen to her, you will have to tune into episode three of the Foundation by Story Archives. Oh, yeah.
2: Overall, great episode. Yeah, agreed. I still, I, I still think this, this was... A better episode, at least in, in my opinion,
0: I think it was more so just because there was there was less world building, there was less for yeah, me to try and get my all, head
1: around, less people right? being like, introduced.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I, I had a good sense of things, and that's why I say episode one was totally necessary. I'm not saying it was bad. I just I do prefer this one. I think there's there's a lot of things that were, uh, I guess set on their own path in this episode and
1: we'll need to see how that plays
0: out over the next few
1: episode one crawled so episode two could walk back right
0: there you go there you go all right let's
1: get into the categories you have categories for us this week
0: i do who was your favorite character and why
2: i'm gonna go gail this episode personally okay okay i'm gonna go
0: I'm just gonna pick a, a different one. I, I do think that she she was great in this episode. Timberzel. I'll go with uh, with Brother Dusk. Brother Dusk, interesting,
1: interesting yeah, choice I, there. I
0: think you know it's. I'm curious to see what happens with this older individual. He he seems to be getting weak. Okay. To your point, yeah, he might have an expiration date. I don't know, but it almost seems like he he has an angle. He's a much different perspective than than his other clones or brothers, whatever you want to call them. So, hmm. I want to see what comes of
2: of his life. What was the best scene in the episode and why?
1: My favorite scene was the laundromat with Harry visiting um, down there. And pretty much the way that whole scene plays out, you know, looking for the shirt and then the woman asks him a question. And then somebody asks to shake his hand and it turns into like this, but almost like Harry's last hurrah, you know? Yeah. That was mine.
0: Okay. I'll go with with the dark scene that you'll make fun of me for. It's the destruction of the planets and all the other people. I think that just seeing the sheer power that the Empire has at their fingertips is is crazy. Like, it really kind of puts this into scale, into perspective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. not surprised that yours is super dark.
2: Of course. Best line of the episode. I've got two. You go first.
0: First. Okay. Well, then I'll, I'll pick... I'll pick my favorite here out of the two.
2: He who shrouds himself from man's touch shrouds himself from God. That was said by the seer to
0: Brother Dusk.
1: Hmm. Say that one again.
0: He who shrouds himself from man's touch shrouds himself from God. That's good. Right? Uh, I did like the follow-up lines uh, in that conversation. And so now am I touched by God? No, just me.
1: No, that's good. <laughs>
2: What's your second one? Second one is, I will be the river from which all rivers flow.
1: I like it. Yeah. I like the way Emperor Dace says the line, no evidence links them to the attack, no evidence exonerates them. I could destroy yeah. them still even at a distance. We could say they did it. Every source, <laughs> of new, every source of news could say it every hour on the hour until the air is made of that and there's nothing else to breathe. And That the, was David, a really good one. And Demersol goes, martyring dissidents is a risky enterprise, and he goes, so is annoying your emperor. <laughs> That's a good line, man. It was, it
0: was a good one. I had that one written <clears throat> down until I got to these other ones, and I'm like, um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna change it. <laughs> All right. Were there any standout performances
2: in this episode?
0: Hmm.
1: I think Dusk gave a pretty good performance if I had to choose one. Okay. Raish as well.
0: I was going to pick Raish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Any notable weaknesses or missed opportunities?
1: This psycho history is the giant. I agree. <laughs> it's, just... it's too convenient. I don't know what's going on with the Psychohistory. It can fit any sort of plot hole you want, psycho history. Yeah. I'll leave it
2: to that. We'll have to pick Probably something else the ladder, at some point.
1: The ladder that Emperor Dusk is climbing <laughs> on by himself. It goes like two stories.
0: It is a tall ladder.
1: Okay. Well, those are the questions we have. All right. All right. that it?
0: That's all I got.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Foundation Episode 2, our coverage of Season 1, as we look forward to Season 2 premiering on July 14th on Apple TV. If you're liking the show, reach out to us at contact Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know your theories about the foundation and where we're heading in season one as well as in season two. And if you're interested in our other series we got going on right now, you can tune in Fridays and Sundays to see our week to week commentary on silo by Apple TV. That is pretty much near one and two. It's always top three on the Apple TV charts. So if you're not watching that series, you are missing out. And I think you'll really enjoy our coverage on it week to week. So thank you. And if you're listening, Like I said in our previous Instant Reaction episode of Silo, if you did not tune in, tune into that. If you are listening and not subscribed to our show, (laughs) apparently that makes up about 80 days worth of watching our content without a break in your life. No stop for meals, nothing. Just listening to our shows. So, do yourself a favor. Do us a favor. Hit the follow, subscribe button, share with your friends and family if they enjoy TV shows too. And uh, we hope you enjoy the content that we are creating for you guys week to week. All follows and subscribers and ratings help us, especially the good ones. So thank you for tuning in as always, Zach. I'll let you handle the rest of the outro.
0: Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Foundation by Story Archives. You can find this podcast anywhere you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And we're actually coming to YouTube soon, so you'll be able to find us there. You could also visit our website at soapbox.house where you'll find links out to this show and a few others on the network and again if you want to send us an email you can send an email to contact at soapbox.house
1: all right thanks for tuning in y'all see you next time
0: peace